The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new propswap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new Free to play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head to head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everybody to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. The Eagles get a W, 33 to 18 over the lowly New York Jets. Had to sweat it out a little bit in the beginning there. Jets were a live dog in that first half, but uh, Eagles stepped on their throat in the second half. Minshew Mania is sweeping the great state of Pennsylvania. Or is it? Uh, Mitch, you looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, but, you know, it was the Jets. So, how much are you factoring that in? A lot to take, a uh, lot to discuss. And uh, it is a bye week. So, we'll be breaking down some season long stuff as well. Lots to get into. But uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Justin. What was your, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the Jets win? I mean, I think it was just that, you know, we can play really well against bad teams, uh, even with a backup quarterback. Uh, I think Sirianni was able to, you know, put in play his offense, even with Minshew, who played phenomenal, uh, by the way. Great job overall by him. Uh, I love that we, you know, stuck to the run, though. Uh, Miles Sanders, over 100 yards there, I think 120 total. Um, And what I really liked, actually, is that the previous week, we, we didn't get Goddard involved nearly as much as we should have. Uh, we were able to, he had a great game as well. Um, defense. I mean, they still got a few holes. I do like the adjustments overall that they make later in the game. I think that's a, a key element to what they do, but obviously uh, you'd like to see it a little bit sooner, but as opposed to past games where we've had the lead, they didn't really let up that lead. They were able to hold to hold the jets to their average eight, 18 points. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it felt good. I mean, I, I, those first three drives, the jets marched down, got touchdowns. And then after that, basically nothing. And the Eagles defense did clamp down, although kind of a rough start there. It, I mean, Minshew is again, is so fun to root for. He's got that cool jacket. Him and his dad are just going nuts, high-fiving each other in the parking lot after it's hard not to like the guy or root for him. I'm all in. I was I was excited when they brought Minshew in. I think I think he's a great addition. 
Uh, why not roll the dice on Minshew? And certainly I'd rather see him out there than Joe Flacco. I mean, I don't know if Joe Flacco 100% gets that win, but uh, Minshew looks sharp. Rob, how about what's uh, what, what takeaways do you have from the Jets win? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Sean's hardly all in on Minshew. He's been uh, toting the Hertz bandwagon <laughs> oh, all week. Very true. I, so can, I can like more than uh, one uh, Eagles quarterback. <laughs> Sean's like the one guy on the Hertz yeah. wagon, so he's just like cleaning off, <laughs> off the seats, just waiting, trying to get everybody to come back. You guys, you, I, I'm I'm locking the doors on the bandwagon. So if you guys try to come <laughs> back on, not getting on. I don't know. You sound like uh, you're trying to get people to hop on, Sean. Just no, from look, what I've I, seen in the thread. I mean, uh, Minshew played great. I mean, he had 133.7 passer rating, which was the highest for an Eagles QB since Nick Foles in the 2017 NFC championship game. So he played well. I think we have to put it in perspective too. He didn't have an off season. He hasn't been playing all year. This was his first game stepping in and he did everything we could have asked. Um, was he perfect? No. I mean, clearly he wasn't, but he played, you know, pretty well, all things considered. And I get that it was a bad team, but you know, you can only beat the team that you play. And I think my takeaway was this. I think number one, seeing Minshew play this last week, I think it gave us a glimpse of the offense that Sirianni truly wants to run with a little more passing. I mean, it's not like he lit the world on fire in terms of yards, but he had about six more passes than, than Hertz typically would have in a game I'd say. Um, but I think the, the thing that stood out to me and, and look, and I'm not saying we bench Hertz for Minshew or anything. I, I, I think, you know, we still roll with Hertz, but um, he went through the progressions a little more. He was passed first. He dumped the ball off. He had the, you know, two throws to Goddard. Now I will say he underthrew them. Um, but he, whereas Hertz, I think is a little more of a, you know, first read take off kind of guy, uh, or has been this year. Whereas I think Minshew showed you what happens when you can get through your progressions a little more. Now, with that said, still only got two balls to Devonta Smith. I mean, that is a real problem. I, I don't understand how we're not getting him more involved in this game. Uh, especially against a team like the jets, you know, I don't, maybe they were doubling them, but still uh, he's got to have more touches than that. So there's still things to work on. Um, like Sean said, I want to root for Minshew. I, I love the scene of him and his dad. He seems like a cool guy, you know, Hertz is a cool guy too. Uh, so it was great to see him step in there and, and ball out. And it seemed like the team loved them. They, he was joking in the huddle. Um, so, you know, that's my takeaway. I, I think it, it's an interesting dichotomy between the two. Cause you know, I don't think either of them is an elite QB, but they each have different strengths. Um, so it was interesting to see how the offense functioned with Minshew in there instead of Hertz. Yeah. That was one surprising thing. I mean, it, I think everyone knew they would throw more with Minshew one, um, you know, a little more experienced quarterback. He's in his third year here. And, uh, and it just made sense. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to scramble as much as Hertz, and there, there wouldn't be any sort of design runs for Minshew, but I, I I'm with you. They still got to figure out a way to use Devonta Smith more. I, the guy just gets crazy separation and I get, they've become more of a run centric offense and I'm fine. I, I think it's leaning into our strengths as an offense with the offensive line, but Devonta Smith has, has got to get more looks uh, moving forward. The guy is just too good. Rob said he would start uh, Jalen hurts against Washington. When we come back from the bye. 
Uh, Nick Sirianni quickly extinguished any sort of QB controversy. Justin, are you also on the uh, starting hurts against Washington? Or are you, you calling for Minshew? Oh yeah, I agree with starting hurts. I mean, I, I did like Minshew overall, a couple things that I did like that Rob pointed out were the fact that, you know, he was able to just come out. He played well in Sirianni's offense, which I think was, you know, credit to Sirianni there that, you know, you can put a guy like that who hasn't started in quite some time and, and he could still be successful in running that offense. But, and I know it was against the jets, but at the same time, I mean, as I Mitchu hasn't started in some in some time. So it, for him to come out his first start as an Eagle. And as Rob pointed out, that passer rating uh, that he put it out was also the best uh, passer rating for an Eagles quarterback in his first start. So, I mean, it, yeah. great job overall by him but I don't think it necessarily means we need to go to him. I do think though, that it makes Hertz leash that much shorter. Um, the thing that I do like about Hertz though, is the fact that I he's strong mentally and I'm not overly concerned that this is going to stress him out or we're going to have to worry about, you know, how's he going to react to this? I think if it were Wentz in the past, we might've even started him even with a bum ankle, just due to the fact that he's so mentally fragile, but yeah, the fact that it was Hertz, we got the extra week to let him get healthy. I think it made sense in order to have Minshew come in, play, get Hurts back to health, and uh, hopefully he can keep things going. You know, we got Washington, New York, two games against Washington and New York, and then Dallas. I mean, and Dallas might not even run all of their starters depending on where they're at. I mean, hopefully it's an easier road than what it needs to be. We'll see. Yeah, no, I, I think – Again, we're in a playoff push, and if if Hertz comes out and looks horrible like he did against the Giants, then yeah, I think it makes sense to put Minshew in. Again, I I still think Hertz is our starter next year, just because it keeps so many options open, and we we'll, we're able to put such a good team around him. Would I want Aaron Rodgers? Sure, um, maybe Russell Wilson, but he's he's looked really bad lately. I'm not in love with any of the rookies and if we can keep the picks and the cap space, it would just be, it just feels like we would put together such a better team. And that, that's that also part of it is that Hertz continues to get a little bit better as a passer. And, and if he, if that doesn't keep happening or if he falls off and has more games like the giants, then yeah, I think we, I think we got to move on from him. Rob, I'm assuming you're also on a uh, short leash when it comes to Hertz these last four games. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know how short the leash is. I mean, I would probably just ride him out the rest of the year. I, I think the reality is, you know, what kind of player Minshew is he's, you know, there's a body of work on him. I think you're still figuring out uh, the player that hurts is. So I, I would probably see what happens down the stretch. The, the passing is a big question mark. He needs to throw with the anticipation. He needs to throw guys open. I think you saw Minshew doing that. And look, I think the reality is neither of them have elite arms, whether they're lacking arm strength or they're not throwing with the anticipation. I mean, Minshew underthrew a few balls too. He was just kind of throwing with a little more anticipation than I think Hertz does on a normal basis. So, but you know, neither of them have elite arm talent and maybe Hertz can overcome that. And, and, you know, the overall body of his work lets him be a starter or, you know, maybe those, you know, maybe both of them end up being top tier backups. I don't know, but I think we need to see a little more hurts to, to get the answer to that. Yeah. I, I think we're going to ride out these last four games with hurts. Give him, you know, I, I think at some point, if he's that bad, uh, maybe pull him, but 
again, I, I think this year and especially these last four games, we want to, if we can get to a definitive answer uh, about Hertz, these last four games, I think that's huge. Rob, I know you and Justin were getting chippy in the uh, group text about our defense against the Jets. I think it's a nice, uh, nice time to check in with realist. Rob, is our defense good? You could make a case that they are when you look at points per game, but then certainly some weird eye test moments where they really fall apart. Where are you at with the defense? No, they're not good. Um, they're they're wildly, wildly inconsistent. I mean, the Jets are not a good team. Let's not sugarcoat that. And they marched down the field for three straight touchdowns uh, to start that game. They couldn't hit an extra point to our benefit, but um, you can't do that. You, you, you know, against any other team in the league, you give up straight three straight touchdowns. You're probably losing that game and we're not recovering. So it just seems to me like every single game Gannon forgets what works. It's like every game we come out in these soft defenses, teams pick us apart, teams march down the field. And then it's not till later in the game that finally he does adjust. And I'll give him credit. He does seem to make some adjustments. It's, he doesn't just stick in it the entire game, but it's like, Hey, why don't we just start the game with those things that have worked now the whole season? I, I don't understand it. We don't get consistent pressure on the quarterbacks. Our D line that was once a strength is now, you know, basically average. I won't say they're a weakness. Um, you know, the only person I will say is a strength I think is Darius slay. I mean, the last four games, there's been 13 targets against him, six catches, only 58 yards, no TDs. I think by some metrics, he's the highest graded CB in the league right now too. So I will say he is balling out. He is playing really well, but the defense overall is not good. And, you know, Justin and I kind of got into it. They didn't really score in the second half. Well, one thing to consider as well is in the third quarter, they literally had the ball for 70 seconds. So it's pretty hard to score when you don't even have the ball. I get they didn't score in the fourth quarter either, but the game was getting out of hand at that point. Um, you know, they're they're just not a great unit right now, and they're not playing consistently. And I think some of that's the play calling. So Gannon certainly deserves a lot of blame as well. Yeah, and then again, coming back to it would be awesome if we could use three of those first round picks and some uh, free agent money to really shore up the defense and and put some players around Slay. Our defensive line is just getting old and a lot of holes to fill. You know who's getting older, but still an all-time Eagle, Brian Dawkins. Oh, hold on, Sean. Wait a second. Sure. You're gonna just gonna let him like tee off and make it seem like I didn't say anything. <laughs> so, first of all, the reason we were getting chippy wasn't because I was trying to completely back up the defense. The whole point is is that Rob complains at the beginning of every game about the defense and it just yeah. gets old. Okay. Justified. I agree. The defense is not good. Okay. I want to just put that out there. That was about the gist of the the whole thing. All right. I like it. I like it. It's getting chippy on the pod, too. <laughs> no. Well, I, I mean, you get you gotta give Ferris fair. You let the guy tee off and make it seem like I'm not against our defense either. Eh, I we're think all, Justin was backing him up a little more. We're all against on. our defense. <laughs> No, Justin was Justin was saying you bitch about the defense, but also that they, you know, they've. I, I think you threw in some defense of the defense. Yeah, I said, hey, they're shutting them out in the second quarter. The average yeah. points that they score is eighteen per game. We're at eighteen right now, and we got like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, you know what? They came back, and I did say actually, you know, the first touchdown was off of you know a seventy-yard kick return. 
Uh, so, you know, they tried to stop them. And, and we get we got, against the we, wall and they can pull it off. And hey, we got I get pissed off too when they score, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're going to make it seem like I'm raw, raw, and I think our defense is good, doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, just changing topics briefly, what's up with Clay, our special teams coach, blaming Jake Elliott on that 70 yard kickoff return? Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was that not somewhat ridiculous? Yeah, I I don't know why we why would you throw the kicker under the bus there? That feels like something. Not that Jake Elliott's a head case, but you you could if really the hang time was the issue, can you deal with that behind closed doors? I I don't I don't get why you got to like hang the kicker out to dry there. And again, I'm not an expert, but he he got it down there pretty far. I don't know. I I don't uh, I don't understand why he uh, took so much grief for that return. I, I mean, also there's don't plenty think of you- there's. There's plenty of players we could be throwing under the bus. I don't hear him throwing Rager under the bus on a week to week basis or, you know, anything like that. Elliot's actually having a really great year. Yeah. He's had a great year and he, you know, has had not so great years in the past. So I don't know why you tried to dismantle that in any way by trying to throw him under the bus. Yeah. It can be a bit of a head case later on. Jake Elliott's having knock on wood, a very good year. Don't need to be messing with Jake at all. I do like how they, they did. Uh, I will give it up to clay. They did seem to bench Rager uh, for kick returns at some point. Didn't I, I think uh, Boston Scott returned kicks later on in the game after Rager. I mean, he, he muffed that punt kind of, and then actually got somewhat of a return, but then uh, he had that, I mean, that like three yard return from the one yard line on the kickoff return that really backed us up. Luckily we were able to pound out a drive there, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rager should be high on the list of people who should be catching shit. All right, uh, man, we're going to talk uh, season uh, where we're at, where Sirianni's at, where's hurts at before we do make sure you guys enter the contest to get the Brian Dawkins autographed helmet sports gambling podcast.com slash Eagles sports gambling podcast.com slash Eagles. Very easy to enter. All you got to do, leave a review send in the screenshot, all the details and legal disclosures are available over at sports gambling podcast.com slash Eagles. Want to do a couple of sponsor shout outs. We're brought to you by tick pick uh, where you can get uh game tickets, no fees, the original, no fee ticket site, tickpick.com slash SGP also brought to you by win bet. Oh man, you got to download the win betting app. Get that sweet parlay boost. All you got to do is go to winbet.com, bet big, win bigger with WinBet. And of course, propswap.com, where America goes to buy and sell real sports bets. Propswap.com, promo code SGP. Get that deposit bonus up to $500. Another big uh, topic of debate on the group text has been. Hurts. Uh, I keep comparing Hurts to different quarterbacks, angering some people in the group text, saying that I would take Jalen Hurts over Baker Mayfield right now. Perhaps shocking. I think a, a fun exercise is uh, since Jalen Hurts just finished his 16th start, where would you rank Hurts against the other rookie quarterbacks? You have Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Now haven't seen a barely seen any of, of Trey Lance. Justin Fields also been banged up. Didn't start early on. Wilson has had a couple moments, but he's also been injured. Lawrence has played a bunch, has a bunch of talent. 
but uh, you know, he has one touchdown pass in the past five games. Mac Jones has looked pretty good, but also in that perfect scenario with an awesome run game and a really good defense, amazing head coach uh, who was uh, scared to let him throw on Monday night. Uh, two for three for 19 yards. So where are all these pass yard truthers coming? Go after Mac Jones. Oh, uh, they got to hide Mac Jones. I would say right now, and again, I, I guess different ways you can break it down, but I would say I would take uh, Mac Jones over Hertz and I would take Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence over Hertz, even though. He hasn't done much that mess in Jacksonville. I I'd put him right above Wilson, Lance and fields who haven't really shown anything consistently. That's where I'm dropping hurts. Rob, where are you going? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's multiple plays. You can look at this. First of all, if, if you're going by just body of work and winning this year, then I think hurts is toward the top of the class after Jones. But if you actually look at the talent and the upside, I think you have to put hurts last on this list. Candidly. Wow. Um, I mean, here's the reality and, and we've debated this, you know, quite often, um, these QBs have arm talent that I don't think hurts has. I mean, I don't, you know, look, I'm not saying his arms so weak that he can't make throws, but it's not, it's not a cannon. He's not going to be making crazy throws. He hasn't proven overly accurate. His deep ball is very suspect. You know, these guys, especially Lawrence and, and and candidly watching Wilson, you could see that his arm was on a next level. He might not have been perfect. He's a rookie. He's making mistakes, but, um, you know, there's just a different level of skill there. And, you know, Lance, I haven't seen a lot about, uh, and I haven't seen a lot of fields either, but you know, I still think their arms are probably better than Hertz. Uh, I'd say definitely better. So, you know, Jones, I would say probably arguably has the weakest arm of this group of rookies, but he's playing the best because he's not making mistakes, not being asked to do so much. So I just think at the end of the day in this league, we don't see QBs have any prolonged success that cannot throw the ball well. And typically that leads to arm talent. You know, you have guys like Brady, they've had a good arm. Yes. Maybe it's not as good now but he's made up for it now with his experience. And you can talk about Hertz is running and I agree it's an asset, but I can't think of any running QB that was not a good thrower that has won a super bowl or that has had prolonged success. I mean, even Lamar, he won an MVP, but now, you know, you know, they're having an okay year, but they're not, you know, runaway favorites to win the super bowl or anything. You still have to be able to throw consistently and if you can throw consistently, then absolutely being run, being able to run, being mobile is a huge asset. You see that with guys like Mahomes. You see that with you know Rogers or you know even Josh Allen's pretty mobile. So it, it's certainly an asset. But first and foremost, I think you need that arm talent to be uh, you know tops in this league. And you know I'm concerned that Hertz may not have that compared to this rookie list. Well, Rob, you're never getting on the bandwagon with that attitude. Gotta be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I get it. If you're going just off arm talent, I think what I see in Hertz is the the gamer aspect, the intangibleness, the dynamic plays you can create while while on the run and through the running game, his his touchdowns. I mean, having three rushing touchdowns in a game, I, I think is a is a uh, difference maker. Justin, yeah. where are you at with 
or Rob, what, what else do you want? Yeah. Add? I was just going to say, I get that Sean, but I do think the league corrects and they start to figure you out. So I, I'm just not convinced if you can't throw that it is a long-term recipe for success in this league. And you know, the problem is there's been QBs that have been very successful with, you know, that haven't had cannons of an arm. I mean, Drew Brees is, is a perfect example, but he also had, you know, pinpoint accuracy and the ability to throw with crazy anticipation that hurts needs to show us. Look, I hope he can. I really like the guy. I love his mentality. He's a hard worker. Um, I just have concerns that he can elevate that passing game. And I hope he does. Well, and, and Drew Brees might be a uh, an interesting comparison there because he didn't. It's not like he came into the league and was lighting the world on fire with pinpoint accuracy and and looking really good. I mean, it, you know, San Diego bailed on him. He had a season where he was two and nine, uh, eleven touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. If Jalen Hurts said that, they would, uh, you know, completely moved on from him. And it wasn't like he was um, some super high pick. I forget what round he was drafted. Uh, drafted in, but uh, or maybe he was drafted high. I don't know, but he started out pretty rough in his career. About you know, was in San Diego for how many years? They moved on from him, and then finally really started gelling when he uh, made it to the Saints. There, so again, you know, team stuck with him, let him progress, let him develop as a passer, and then became a finished product. Justin, where are you at with uh, Jalen Hurts compared to this year's rookie class? So if we're comparing them over 16 games, not looking into future analysis, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would, if we're drafting tomorrow for the yeah. future, I think Hertz is low on the list. If we are comparing where they're all going to end up their first 16 games, I mean, I think you got to put Hertz third, maybe even second, just simply by the numbers and what you're looking at. I mean, Trevor Lawrence seems to be struggling a little bit at Jacksonville. He's not in the best situation either, which is part of the problem. Um, you know, Fields uh, obviously struggling in Chicago as well. Hasn't been 100% healthy. And he's got Matt Nagy as a coach, which sucks. <laughs> um, you know, it just on their relative teams, I mean, it kind of works against those guys. And then we saw Wilson play. He looked, he looked good, actually, for the Jets. But I, I, he's in another situation where... You know, he's playing fairly well, but if you look at the body of work so far and where he might end up his first 16 games compared to Hertz, I mean, I'd say Hertz is probably going to end up with better numbers overall. And then Trey Lance, I actually think he might end up being a complete dud. Um, if he can't make it in Shanahan's offense in San Francisco, you know, see the field with Garoppolo ahead of you. I don't know where he's going to end up. Hopefully he still has potential and maybe he starts next season, but it, things are not looking good for him. I know he's seen the field a couple of times, but it, it just might not work out at all. So I, I don't know. I think best, maybe you could say Hertz is second based on the numbers when they're all done with their first initial 16 games. Uh, yeah, but I, and I, future, I don't know if you can, I don't, I, I would still say that I think Hertz has kind of reached his ceiling at this point. Maybe he's got a little more, but if this is his ceiling, it is a bit concerning as far as him, being a long time starter in this league. Yeah. I yeah, mean, Justin, uh, let, let me cut Sean off there. I mean, we know where Sean is hurts his uh, first ballot hall of famer. Already. Oh, come on. But if, if um, this is, you're right, if this is his ceiling, I'm totally concerned, but I don't know, you know, 16 games in if, if necessarily a lot of quarterbacks hit their ceiling. Yeah. I mean, you heard, you hear me and, and I agree with you guys. If, if you're going on the body of work thus far, I think hurts is high on that list. I said that. 
But Justin, where are you on the arm talent? Do you, you know, you hear me, I'm really big on it. I, I think you need that, that arm talent to really be successful long-term. Do you have the same concerns about Hertz or am I just out in left field on this one? Oh, I think it's definitely a concern. I, th- I think the thing that he has going for him that semi makes up for it is the fact that he can run. I mean, if you looked at Minshew's numbers, who has a little bit better of an arm, you could argue than Hertz. I mean, those extra five passes that he threw Minshew through kind of made up for the amount of yards that Hertz probably would have scrambled for when throwing five or six less passes. They, I bet Hertz probably would have had about the same numbers, but you would have taken probably about 50 yards, 60 yards from the passing total and put it into the run. Um, <clears throat> I do think you need to have a good arm in order to win a Super Bowl in this league. And it is concerning with Hertz. I mean, I think that's what we've talked about this entire season when it comes to Hertz and being concerned whether he can be a long-term starter or whether we should go to the draft and start looking for a quarterback or even, you know, possibly trying to trade for Wilson, um, maybe possibly Rogers. I doubt he comes here. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I said it before too, when we were talking about Wilson possibly coming here, it's like, you know what, we're definitely in, you know, the playoffs. If Wilson is here instead of hurts, that's, I, I think that's a given at this point. I don't think we're six and seven. I think we win at least two of those games specifically against the chargers and against um, San Francisco. And that's with Wilson having a bad season at this point. So I'd say we're, what would that take us to eight and six, eight and five? I think I I gotta be honest. The more I think about it, I think Wilson could thrive in this offense. I mean, he arguably throws one of, if not the best deep balls in the NFL you have guys like Smith that are getting open. You have Quez who could be a better deep threat than I think we're giving him. So, you know, I don't know what it would take and if it's worth giving up all three picks or something to get him. But I do, I agree with you. We would absolutely, absolutely have more wins if he was our QB. Yeah. I mean, tough to argue that a guy like Russell Wilson and, and uh, Russell Wilson, you know, I guess the thing I would be worried about trading for him is a giving up the, uh, a big chunk of capital to possibly make our defense better. And then, you know, he's looked really wonky post hand injury. Now, maybe these next four games, he really looks like his old self, but he looked really bad. And again, you know, some latest source came out and they listed three destinations. He would waive his no trade clause and Philly wasn't on that list. But if we got Wilson and we felt good that he could, you know, health wise and whatever, and he hasn't fallen off the cliff and you can get three, four years of him. I I would be totally down. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Russell Wilson. I've just these past like four games and that hand injury. I I don't know. I guess I'm worried that maybe uh, it's, it could be the beginning of the end for Wilson. Who knows? I mean, guys are playing later and later, Um, but all right, moving over to Nick Sirianni versus other rookie head coaches. Of course, Robert Sala, Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Arthur Smith, Urban Meyer, David Culley. And, you know, Sirianni was kind of seen as like, oh man, Sirianni, you guys got the leftovers. I mean, with the exception of Culley, I, I think everyone else had, uh, you know, and maybe Dan Campbell, but I think Sala, Staley, Smith, and even Urban Meyer, I think, were seen as better hires, at least nationally, over Nick Sirianni. Now, Sirianni. Rob dropped the stat in there, uh, three and one against other rookie head coaches with a point differential of one thirty three to fifty seven. Now, 
Robert Sala, from what I've seen so far of him, he seems more like a coordinator. Staley, you could, I mean, they beat uh, the Eagles, and he seems like he's doing a solid job. But it, it's also tough to, it's tough to compare because I do think Herbert is noticeably better quarterback, and and Herbert's kind of regressed from his rookie year. Uh, and I think Chargers had a lot more talent overall than the roster that Sirianni took over. So I don't know. To me, that's kind of even. Dan Campbell again kind of seems like a joke, but also the Lions suck. Uh, Arthur Smith, I haven't been impressed at all with the Falcons' offense, but again, they're kind of in a shitty spot, hitting the wall there with the end of Matt Ryan's career. Urban Meyer, disaster. Cully, disaster. I mean, all of a sudden, it looks like. Uh, you could make a a pretty easy case that uh, Sirianni is maybe one of the top couple rookie head coaches. Where are you at, Rob? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I have to put it. I, I mean, I guess you could make the argument Sirianni's either one or two. I think it, it's relatively tight between him and Staley. I do think Staley's done a nice job, um, but you're right. I, I mean, you could argue that Herbert's maybe regressed a little, and and he has the benefit of a better QB than Hertz. But you know he's certainly up there, and and I'll give Sirianni some credit. I mean, he deserves some flack for taking so long to learn to run the ball. There's no doubt about yeah. that. That's going to affect his grade that we're going to get to later. But he has adjusted, and he has, you know, he he is settling in a little bit. It does seem like the team's been playing better. I do still think this is not the ideal offense he would like to run. I think he's adapted it for Hertz, which he should do. You have to adapt your offense to the players. Um, but overall, for the first year, he's not doing bad. And you know, I think we knew there were going to be some growing pains, and and we did have some growing pains. But it does seem like he's learning and he, he's getting better. What about you, Justin? Are you? Uh, it seems like we've kind of turned the corner as a fan base on Sirianni. And I mean, especially when we just rattle off the names comparing him, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I mean, six weeks after that Raiders loss, I think everyone was uh, fairly out on Sirianni. It was hard to be in. How do you feel like he compares to the rest of the rookie head coaches? I actually, I I made the list here. I put him one overall. Uh, I have Staley two, obviously Smith third Campbell fourth, and then Meyer and Coley can, to figure it out from there. I don't even know, but uh, I, I think Sirianni is actually one. And I, I think the reason why here is, you know, Staley got put into what was considered to be a great situation with the chargers. Overall, the media likes him, lo- seems to love him actually at this point, he has Herbert, he has Bosa. I mean, they have better receivers than Williams and Keenan Allen at this point. I mean, Smith is coming around. I love Smith right now, but to say Regor is a solid number two, or even Quez is a solid number two. I mean, I, th- I think they have a better team overall with what they have. I mean, they even have Jared cook at tight end. I think Goddard's better, but I mean, I think it makes them better overall, especially on offense. And the fact that they're seven and five, I mean, it's good. I think they're where they're kind of should have been. If not, maybe uh, they're actually lagging behind of what you would have predicted at the beginning of the season. But I, Sirianni's actually faced quite a few challenges with this team where I think they actually could have given up at some point in the season, but he's been able to keep their heads in it. They've been able to fight. He's been able to do it with Hurts, who, I mean, let's face it, uh, he's limiting what we think Sirianni can possibly do with this offense. And like Rob said, despite it, 
he's been able to make adjustments and he's been able to be successful, even though he did take a little bit of, uh, of uh, take a little bit of time to adjust and get that run going. Yeah. And like Justin said, um, I, I think it was a good point. I mean, it wasn't long ago, you know, really after that Raiders game and a few games ago, there was concern if he was losing the team, if players were going to be the out flower. and yeah. And, and yeah, all that, you know, flack that he got over that flower and um, candidly, he didn't, he, he bounced back from it and, you know, it seems like the team never lost faith in him. So he does deserve credit for that. Flower power, baby roots on three. Let's go. And uh, I, I know Jalen hurts is probably listening and to clarify, I don't think he's eliminating the offense. He's helping the offense, Mr. Unlimited. That was Justin. So direct all your negativity. <laughs> and I'm going to still buy your Jersey. As soon as they get a large uh, black Jersey in stock, I will be rocking a Hertz Jersey We're talking about the future pick tracker update right now. It's almost official. I think uh, Wentz needs like 10 more snaps. They estimate to hit that 75%. So we can pretty much lock in the Colts uh, first round pick right now, though, Colts have uh, won a couple games. It's all the way down to 17, although they have a tough rest of the schedule. So hopefully they can get some losses in there. The dolphins have won six in a row. Uh, their pick is all the way down to 13 now. And uh, our win against the jets were at 12. So maybe not the three top 10 picks we were hoping for. Although the dolphins and Colts, they don't have an easy stretch here. And uh, well, especially the the Colts have a tough stretch, but also I think the dolphins, they got to unravel at some point. Um, But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And it does seem like overall we're hoping we can go defense, but maybe they do end up, uh, you know, unloading all the picks and, and going quarterback here. Justin, you had sent me over an updated uh, playoff picture, a nice little uh, spreadsheet you had going there. No Justin's gem this week because uh, they're on a buy, but uh, walk us through, uh, you know, your playoff standings. If you want to check out Justin's spreadsheet, go to uh, Diehard Eagles fifty two on Twitter at Diehard Eagles fifty two. Walk us through, Justin. Obviously, we know our games left. Washington twice at home and on the road giants at home. And then ending the game, ending the season with Cowboys at home. Ideally we go undefeated, but uh, where are we at? I mean, do we have a shot if we go three and one? Oh yeah. I think if we go three and one, actually, I think we win it. I, I think we get one of those last two spots. Uh, we obviously uh, Washington uh, six and six, and then San Fran six and six are above us right now taking the the sixth and seventh uh, wild card spots there, but uh, I I can see Washington possibly only winning one out of the next five. They got uh, two games against Dallas and two games against us. Uh, it's it's possible that you know the only game they win there is against the Giants. I mean, uh, selfishly, that's what I'd like to see. San Francisco. I mean, they got to play Cincy, which could be a potential loss. I think they beat Atlanta. I think Tennessee could give them a run as well. They definitely be Houston and then they have Rams to end the season. So yeah. I, I think they could potentially go eight and nine where I think we could win three of the last four there. Uh, and maybe even if Dallas doesn't want to play their starters, we could go over our four and oh, uh, but I would say realistically we go nine and eight at the end of the season, barring any issues. Um, Minnesota, you know, they still have to play the Rams, Green Bay uh, and Pitt they got Chicago twice, but division games, you never know. So I think if they, they only go, you know, two and five down the stretch, 
they're eight and nine as well. Um, New Orleans is still kind of in it, believe it or not. They got some easy teams, um, but they, they do have Tampa Bay. If they win four out of the next five, that puts them at nine and eight, but they got to win four out of the next five. And I believe we have the tiebreaker against them. Yeah. So we, we, have, we have the head to head against them. I, I think where it could get wonky though, is if it, if multiple teams are tied at nine and eight for that seventh spot, and then we got to go to conference records and mm-hmm. then, you know, then maybe that's where we get jobbed. But what about, uh, you know, coming up this Sunday, Rob, are we going to, are we going to root for Dallas or Washington coming up this Sunday? It feels like, you know, maybe we root for Dallas because then they can really kick Washington out of it. But then obviously if Washington beats Dallas and then we beat Washington, maybe we have a shot to get back in the division. That one's kind of a long shot. I, I, I don't know. I could make a case either way. Who are you going to be rooting for? Yeah, I think you have to root for Dallas. I just think it's really unlikely that we can win the division and the better shot is, you know, have Washington lose, keep us in a better position for that wild card. Um, you know, it, it's a no win proposition rooting for either of them, obviously, but I, I think for the best chance for us to make the playoffs is if Dallas wins. Yeah, it does seem like that. Justin, is that, is that what the math's telling you? Although again, if Dallas beats Washington, it doesn't necessarily matter because we play Washington twice, but I guess it would be nice to get some Washington losses just in case we end up tying them or splitting with them. Right? Yeah. I I think uh, best case scenario, uh, I would forget about Dallas and possibly even winning the division at this point, you know, hope to get that sixth or seventh playoff spot. And the best case scenario is if Washington loses to Dallas. So I'm not going to be rooting for Dallas per se. I'm going to take a political answer here and just say that I will be rooting against Washington. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to root for injuries like a good Eagles fan. Let's go. All right. We're going to give out some uh, season long coaching grades and give our uh, final record prediction there. As we get in the home stretch. Want to make sure we shout out prizepicks.com, promo code SGP. Get that 100% instant deposit match over prizepicks.com, promo code SGP. Also, so bet. You want to bet people head to head, mano e mano. All you got to do is go to sobet.io slash SGPN, sobet.io slash SGPN. Bringing back social betting, sobet.io slash SGPN. And of course, better fantasy. You want to sync your fantasy football league? fantasy football playoffs are happening. Uh, it's awesome. You sink your league. And the next thing you know, they got betting spreads, prop bets points. It's, it's, it's really pretty sweet. Highly recommend going to betterfantasy.com slash S G P N season long coaching grades. Justin, give me your grade for coaching offense and defense. Uh, coaching. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give him a B plus overall. Um, you know, we were predicted to win six and a half was, uh, the over under there. I had 11 games though. What's that? I I predicted 11 games. (laughs) You did. You did. Sorry, (laughs) Sean. Um, but you know, for all intents and purposes, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've, they've done a great job to get these guys going as I pointed out, you know, previously uh, it was possible for Sirianni to lose the locker room at one point. Um, he's able to get him back. I think he adjusted well. Uh, the stubbornness of the run uh, probably keeps him from getting an A, but I would give him a B plus overall for coaching um, in the, in that case, the offense, I'd say a B, you know, uh, the talent wise, I think maybe we could uh, be a little bit better overall, 
Um, I'm not going to point out Hurts again, but you know, if we had a more talented quarterback, it's possible we already have locked up the playoff spot. Defense, uh, I gave a C overall, and I mean, I think coaching actually plays into that as well. With Gannon, um, our defensive line just does not get the push that it once did. Um, we don't get pressure on the quarterback, which puts a lot of pressure then on our secondary, you know, to to uh, clean up uh, what's taking place. And we've talked about it previously. I mean, Gannon will make adjustments, which is a, a benefit to him and what he's been doing. But I think some of those adjustments have come too late in the season and uh, obviously come too late in the game sometimes. So um, I, I'm still trying to figure out defense at this point. Uh, and figure out what we could do in order to to get things going because it just seems like it's so difficult to figure out what he is doing wrong, other than the fact that we play the soft zone. But is making adjustments even early in the game. We started going to what looked like man on that second drive. Still couldn't stop him. It looked like we even did a a man zone where we were doing man on the outside and then zone uh, between the tackles, but. It just didn't seem to be working out either on that third draft. So I don't know. Um, but from what I understand, I was listening to Dilfer on Rosillo last week. He was saying the, the more you can mix it up on defense from man to zone, uh, it can really frustrate a quarterback because they can't just, you know, uh, consider one element. So maybe if he continues to mix it up a little bit more, we can have more success. Who knows? But the defensive line, I think, is the biggest issue. We got to get pressure on the quarterback. And it's weird. We've spent a ton of money on the D line. Uh, you know, and really not coming through. I'll rattle off mine real quick. Defense, I think just a straight C because they've been so hot and cold. There's been a lot of games where they've been A's and then a lot of games where they've been uh, F's. Um, and, and just kind of seems like depending on who is at quarterback really dictates uh, whether the defense shows up or not. Offense, it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go B minus because again, you know, the offense has struggled at times, but then also there's been games where the offense dominated and kind of switching to the run heavy format where we really push people around. We developed an identity as a team and the offensive line, huge part of that uh, Jalen hurts has brought a dynamic level of playmaking ability. That's really tough to match in the national football league. So again, I'm giving them a B minus and then coaching similar kind of thing, but I, I think it's been more good than bad with Sirianni. And especially, I, I, I think what I've liked most is that he's done a really good job bouncing back after losses, you know, and, and in, in particular, bad losses and uh, four and two, since that, since that Raiders game. Now, again, that, that giants loss was ugly, but we were, you know, a couple of Rager drops away from maybe sneaking that one out. And then the Chargers, you know, I think the Chargers were just a slightly better team that day, lost on a field goal there. And and really the defense kind of played a little too soft in that game overall. So I'm going to give Sirianni a B plus, not quite a territory, but I, I think of all these elements, uh, I'm highest on on Sirianni long term. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you, Sean. Actually, uh defense, I'll give a C. I I think. You know, as Justin said, the defensive line candidly has been a disappointment. You know, I have to think that possibly losing Brandon Graham really hurt the kind of the heart and soul of that defense. Yeah. He's one of the leaders out there. And, um, you know, so I, maybe that has impacted the line, but it's just kind of been disappointing. I mean, really, except for Slay, who's just, as I said before, has been playing great. Um, 
just, you know, too hot and cold, um, not consistent. So I'll give them the C the offense. I'm going to go B minus as well. I'm kind of with you. They've shown flashes, you know, the strange thing about the offenses. And I think I said this to one of you the other day, there's some legit talent on there. I, I mean, some guys that are, are either all pro or, you know, pro bowlers or have the potential to be in the very near future. I mean, my is playing at a pro bowl level. Yeah. Landon Dickerson is playing at a pro bowl level. Kelsey is playing at a pro bowl level. Lane Johnson is, is arguably a pro bowler. So right there on the line, you have all those guys that are a pro bowler, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that Miles Sanders is a pro bowler. I think he needs to be more consistent, but he's a good player. Um, you know, Jordan Howard was a good player. Then you have Devonte Smith. You know, I think he could be a future pro bowler. You have Dallas Goddard. I think he could be a future pro bowler. So just looking at the talent we have on the offense, I, I, I'm giving them a B minus, but I think they're underperforming and I don't know what it is. If it's Jalen hurts or, if it's the lack of a second receiver that can take some pressure off the other guys, but I think there's still room to grow there. And it is encouraging to me for the future, um, you know, as Nick con- continues to figure it out. And then as to the coaching, I'm going to give Nick, I- I'll give him a solid B. I think that's what you said too. And, and I think I would give this higher if he didn't have such a rough start. I think he did. He was a little slow to adapt initially on defense, but he has bounced back. I think he's found a stride a bit. So I'm going to give him a B, but Gannon, I'm going to separate his grade out. I'm giving him a C minus. Um, <laughs> look, I think he's done enough. I think for a while it was a little dicey if he could possibly lose his job after yeah. this year. I, I don't think he's getting fired. I think he's done enough to come back. He has shown the ability to adjust, which I do like because I did have some complaints about Schwartz that he never made adjustments. He had his scheme. He stuck to that scheme and that was it. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't at least with Gannon, we are seeing some adjustments. I just think he needs to get to it sooner. And I think he needs to mix up the game plan and start games a little differently. So for that, I'm giving him the lower score of the two coaches. I like that. Like how you went out of your way to throw Gannon under the bus. I mean, he does, he deserves, so uh, you know, more of the blame when it comes to coaching. And I I'm with you though. I, I, I think he, him and Sirianni both like, Oh my God, are we going to have to get rid of the entire coaching staff? And then it was like, ah, maybe we just got to get rid of Gannon. And now I, I feel comfortable bringing all the coaching, uh, all the coaches back. You know, we'll see how these next four games go. I so everything's subject to change as we go down this home stretch and, you know, coming off the bye, it used to be like a good thing to come off a bye, but now I don't know what the, the CBA and they don't seem to get the practice time. They used to get during bye weeks. Teams are kind of coming out sleepy and rusty. So that's going to be something we're really going to have to focus on going into that Washington game. I got the Eagles going three and one closing it out nine and eight, squeezing it into a seven seed, giving us a little bit of hope getting in the tournament. Don't let us get hot. I think it's just going to be tough. It's four division games. I sweep in. I think even me being the uh, ultimate optimist, I I don't see us going undefeated there. I think we're going to lose one of those guys. Justin, what about you? Final record. You know what? I'm going to say three and one. I think though, in this case, excuse me. um, I I think actually it's going to come down to that Dallas game. And I'm going to say we go three and one and we end up actually beating Dallas. I think we drop one to Washington. I don't want to, but that's just my prediction. Maybe I'm going too far with my prediction there and just 
should say three and one, but I think it's going to come down to that Dallas game. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like that could be the uh, decider there and it'll be interesting to see. Do they play their starters, especially if they have their playoff position locked up, which you would assume they would. Cause they, they seem kind of out of it as far as the number one seed, but who knows? Uh, maybe they'll be battling it out for the two or the three or the four, assuming they hang on to the division. We'll see. I mean, maybe Washington sweeps them. Who knows? Rob, what do you, what do you like for the Eagles finishing? Yeah, I'm going to say three and one as well with the caveat that I think we split against Washington. And I think if Dallas does play the starters and has something to play for, then we're going two and two down the stretch. Oh no! I, I just think it's going to be tough for us to beat them on, on, you know, for our defense to stop their offense. But look, if we do happen to sneak into the playoffs, I got, I will say this. I, I think we're somewhat of a dangerous team. Look, I don't think we're going to the super bowl, but I don't think we're a team that you know, another team should take lightly. I, I think we're tough to match up against if our offense does get hot, if they could find their rhythm with the passing game coupled with Hertz running. I mean, you saw last year when he came in and beat the, the saints when they were a good team last year. So you do just never know, um, you know, so if we can get in, you know, who knows what happens? Maybe we can win a game. Yeah. And, and especially the style of offense they've been running as a late where it's just pounding the rock that, that kind of, you know, lends itself to cold weather playoff games. It's going to be mid January. Uh, just knocking on wood that we make it in there. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to the diehard Eagles podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at diehard Eagles 52. Of course, leave a rating and review and head over to sports gamblingpodcast.com slash Eagles for your chance to win the autographed Brian Dawkins, mini helmet. For the diehard Eagles, I'm Sean Stacking the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin, go birds. Go birds. Go birds.